What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 94 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Jimmy Plato, Nico Bryant. This, this week, today at least, for Wednesday's episode, we have a special guest. We'll have a special guest coming up on Friday too, but not to take away from today's guest, We the Thunder, at We the Thunder on Twitter, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning podcast. We got them to come on, reached out via social media, and they, and they agreed to give their perspective on things. And it's going to be interesting because – these Tampa Bay fans are just as, as gung-ho about their squad as we are. So hopefully uh, we have a good time. Nobody gets their feelings hurt too bad. Nico won't be joining it for our show, but we will be making an appearance on their show post-game one of the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so be sure to check out We the Thunder pod, the We the Thunder podcast. They do week or every post-game. Wow, this one's – the intro is getting a little choppy here. They do every post-game show throughout these playoffs so far, the – the force of nature Stanley Cup final, Avalanche versus the Lightning. So talk plenty about that. Nico gives his opinion and his prediction. We talk about the NBA finals. The Broncos got sold for $4.65 billion, and Yuri Prohaska is the new light heavyweight champion. It's all talked about this week. And uh, like I mentioned, we have a special segment with the guests from We the Thunder. But, Nick, it's it's big week. It's big week, and it's going to be tough. I got my Bruce Lee shirt on. I'm ready to fucking release my inner fucking – prayers and fucking all do the gong chew because to beat the man you gotta so to be the man you gotta beat the man if we're gonna be the champ we gotta beat the champ abs and fucking four i'm gonna fucking go with let's go boys let's fucking get the boys fucking rolling Welcome in, Bench Warmers. It's, 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 a... it's been 27 years since yeah. the Avalanche have played a hockey game. Hey, hey guess what? what? The or the old lady sitting behind the desk getting old? Yeah, that's us currently. Guess, guess what, though? We're in the Stanley Cup final. That's all that matters. For the first time in our lives that we can really, really remember, because we were alive for the 2001 run, but it was a while ago. Uh, we don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember anything other than the, the trophy party and my brother sat in the Stanley Cup because we had, my dad went to school with the old strength coach. But other than that, I have no recollection of what happened. And then to be treated to what we're being treated to with the Avalanche right now currently, we talked about it. They are tied for the best record getting to the Stanley Cup playoffs or getting to the Stanley Cup final so far. If they win the cup, they would have the best record of any of their Stanley Cup championship winning teams. But that's a lot of, of stuff that we'll get into here in a second. We're kicking things off with the other stories that we haven't been giving as much attention, but they deserve a lot of recognition, especially after the last week. Your team, not only did they sell for the most of any American sports franchise, they doubled it up. And that was set four years ago when Carolina sold for $2.87 billion and the Broncos just sold for $4.65 all of the bull and children walk away with $500 million. And uh, John Elway looks like uh, an, an idiot, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, that little stake you could have had could have been worth a lot of money. But, yeah, my team, we have gotten a new general manager, a new quarterback, and a new owner in the past year and a half. In that order. Since we started the show. 
I had Drew Locke as my quarterback, Vic Fangio as my coach, and I and I had John Elway as my general manager who hasn't drafted a quarterback correctly. And and three since Peyton left. Mm-hmm. Now I have the richest owner by more than double, the, the next large most wealthiest owner, and then you and then I have the a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I have a general manager that in his first draft had one of the best rookie classes in the league. Things are good over here, Jimmy. Yeah, you you have all that going for you. I'm coming off of a Super Bowl run. It's been, for as bad as the first season of the NFL that we covered was, it's been made up for at least up until this point. Who knows what the Broncos are going to look like? Maybe they go out there and Drew Locke waxes waxes them for 35 points. Yeah, that's, worst if case scenario. Start, that's if they don't start Geno Smith, because Geno Smith is winning the battle currently. So you're still you're still thinking that Drew can win that good, job right away. Good points. Good points. Also, um, I know that it, it's uh, <clears throat> yeah, they're they're in a good spot. They they don't have to worry about a lot outside of everything. They've taken care of all the steps outside of just playing the actual game. Um It'll be interesting. Like the big question surrounding the Broncos now is on that last day of the mini camp. Are they going to get the day off? Are they going to have field day? Are they going to actually practice? Because if Nathaniel Hackett's offense is as complex and as out there as everybody says it is, should they be just working on, on getting their stuff down? So that's kind of the next question for the Broncos, which you, you got sold and everybody made quite a bit of money off of it. No, no, no. I'll, I'll cut you off there. The next biggest question, is whether or not this team's getting a new stadium. That's the next biggest question. Is it going to be a great value stadium, do you think? It's got to be, right? It's going to be. It's going to – look, the Death Star, that's cute. Have you ever seen the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> that's what Rob Walton will build. Because, look, I, I, I'm still torn. I love Mile High. Like, I grew up there. That's my stadium. Like, they're, they're, I've had so many memories. I've been going to those games and in those same seats since I was a kid. So it'd be weird being in a different stadium, but I can't deny the factor that having a having a dome of sorts would bring in a lot of revenue, could bring in a Super Bowl. Could we might be able a, to see a Super Bowl live. Might be able to see a Super Bowl live, could see a March Madness Final Four here, could see a WrestleMania. I mean, you could, you, you could go down the list of things. But then again, you're also losing the, the outdoor atmosphere of Mile High, which – is plays to the Broncos factor. Absolutely. If you look at the Broncos most successful years, it was with this team running up, running teams up and down the field offensively and having a defense that just suffocates the other team and having those guys wearing oxygen masks on their faces, struggling for air. That's when the Broncos were most successful. And I don't know if an indoor stadium would do that. So that's look. I would love to, to, to renovate, mile high and just make it better because look i said i would sit in two snow games a year just so mile high can just up upgrade because i still think it's one of the best one of the best um stadiums in all football still but when you in a division where two of your team two teams just bought just have two of the brand new or most brand new stadiums in the league in vegas and in la it's hard to be like well why don't we do the exact same thing Who's cooking the books in Los Angeles, by the way? How do they keep finding millions and millions of dollars to put in guarantees? Like, is I guess it's the avalanche and the nuggets, right? That's what's making it. That's what's funding Kroenke's uh, experiment in Los Angeles. 
Crocky found his way to, to into purchasing the Broncos. Let's not forget that Rob Walton is married to Crocky's uh, sister. So he, oh, he, 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 yeah, yeah. So when you just found the Crocky's, that man's gonna own us. He's gonna own our belts and our shoelaces here. In but, a but, 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 but I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't remember her name. But the minority owner. She is married to George Lucas, so we're also owned by Star Wars. So yes, that George Lucas. She is going to be. I, I can't think of the name on top of my head. I know she's uh, um, a big. With I think it's either A and E or some some other big oil company, and she's a huge name. Um, so she's gonna be a hands-on person. But look, I don't. Walmart joke galore. It doesn't matter. Every time those Raiders fans walk into the local Walmart, they're supporting the Denver Broncos. So go suck it. So Target, Target's about to boom. All you Raiders fans that just shop at Walmart for everything, I'm not dissing on it. But you're supporting the Denver Broncos. That's all I'm gonna say. You're supporting the Denver Broncos every time you do that. Denver Broncos brought to you by Great Value. Have you did you watch Shorzy on on Hulu? Did you watch, Are you a Letterkenny fan at all? I have not seen that. No. What the team in the in the show? They were the Sudbury Bulldogs, and then they have to sell their name rights. So then they're the Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs for blueberry ice cream. So that's what I'm, the Denver Great Value Broncos. That's fine. That doesn't matter. It brings in the most money in the city. I can care less. Great value. This you can you Walmart that. I don't care. This team is is the in history. Obviously, it will change because of the value sports teams have gone up. This team is the highest owned team in, in, in sports history. Not not another owner across the four major league sports has as much money as Rob Walton has, and. We are seeing something unprecedented here in Denver. We, like I said, whatever Sporting App tweeted out said this perfectly. The Broncos have, or Denver has Russell Wilson, a Stanley Cup champion or a Stanley Cup final team, the MVP. Oh, and the party deck at Coorsfield. So things are going pretty well. We shouldn't bring up Coorsfield right now. That's a sore, sore spot. There are seven games out of the third and final wild card spot as we speak, and it's not looking like that's only seven. The, 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 Oh wow! Only, only, only well, that's of the third wild card spot. We're not talking about the division. Only seven, right? Oh, that's great. You know the division that we've been playing in for over twenty-five years and haven't won ever in our back lifetime. To back to back to back to back to back to back to back. I, I wouldn't know, even say that we could call ourselves participants a couple of years. We were just like speed bumps. Hey, we did make the World Series. So more recent on a fluke, and half of the team on a fluke. Not, like Matt Holiday was matter. out. Matt Holiday <laughs> was out in a game that didn't exist, and then we ended up just it was. Total pandemonium messies. We are the third. Well, it goes, it goes. The Dodgers, the most recent, the Giants are the next most recent team, and then the Colorado Rockies, not the Padres, and not the not the Diamondbacks, even though Diamondbacks have won one, have been to the World Series most recently. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, well, we had a couple other returns in in UFC. Did you make some money betting on? I know you're betting on the on the fight card. Did you make money or did you lose money? Talia almost won. I almost had a fucking fat payday. Uh, Shevchenko looked the worst I've ever seen watching that fight. That was one of the biggest tests of her career. I thought Talia could have won that fight. How that third judge scored 49-46, I'll have no, I have no idea. They gave Shevchenko the first two rounds, and everybody and their mother knew that she lost the first two rounds. So I don't know what was going on, but I almost won money on that, lost that. And then I said, you know what? Fuck it, I'll ride with Glover. I took Glover, I took Glover double chance to win by submission or on points. He was 40 seconds away from winning. It was 40 seconds away from winning. You look at the scorecards, he was up on all three. 
It was going to be a unanimous decision. If he just kept control of the neck and, lo- and he lost jujitsu to a guy that is not a, not a Brazilian jujitsu guy that is known well, for his stand-up. Look, I mean, look what he did. That was, oh, no, it was very skilled. Very, very skilled. But Glover kept completely just lost the belt himself. Brohashka, yeah. look, Glover, by the end of the fight, we were like, we were like, holy fuck, Brohashka better take this guy to the ground because Glover was throwing haymakers. Yeah. And we were like, oh, fuck, Brohashka needs to get to the ground. And, and at the beginning of the fight, we were like, oh, fuck, Glover, get to the ground, get to the ground. You're not going to last very long. And least, it was a great fight. It was an absolutely excellent fight. Brohashka was a great fighter. Same with Glover. Glover's an absolute legend. How um, quickly are we assuming Glover's piss test is going to come back hot? Because there's no way he looks that good fighting over 40 without some kind of testosterone replacement. He, he, he'll, he'll get one more title shot. I, I, I don't know. It's I, not a, I, I don't I, think I like to, I know. I know. No, I'd like to hope that he's not doing that. Uh, um, but, but if you look how tired he was, you can tell how, how banged up he is. If it so, was the – yeah, I mean, if it was the TRT era, I think Prohaska is probably getting KO'd early on in that fight. But now we have a new king of, of light heavyweight. And talk about a guy that's fairly easy to promote, like oh, especially easy. for a market that they're not necessarily strong in, in in Eastern Europe and the Czech Republic. This could be your, your new guy that you plaster everywhere. The haircut's different. He's like six five or whatever he is. He just won the title with a rear naked choke when he in a fight that he was losing the entire time, pretty much. I think it was checked all the boxes, and it happened in in a new market in Singapore. I think that's the first time that they were in. Uh, yeah, that, first time ever they've been there. So that's south, that far Southeast Asia. So all all good things happen in the main event, and we have a new title. You mentioned Valentina Shevchenko won split decision over Talia Tyler Santos. Tyler Santos. These Brazilian names suck. That's all I'm. Yeah, they're, they're not tough. suck as in you know what I mean. Everybody knows what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like like tough to, to pronounce. Yes. Calm tense, everyone. Almost, almost as tough as the as the hockey hockey last names. Borvieski still doesn't have a V in it. That's that's yeah. all wild to me. Um, Wayley Zhang, we we proved finally. I told you guys. I said it, and I said it kind of in passing on on last week's episode. Yoana coming back like this reeked of Amanda Nunes, Ronda Rousey. And I didn't want it to happen. But Whaley gets the TKO, spinning backfist in round two. And, and, and uh, Joanna fought well. Let's not, let's not give her any doubt. She fought well. She fought like she wanted to be in there. It wasn't a Ronda Rousey, I don't want to be in her type fight. She, she stood her own for the first round. It looked like that five-round absolute masterpiece of round one. But what happened was, was Whaley just landed a perfect – and I mean, pitch perfect, spinning back fist that landed right on the mark. I mean, look, Joanna, it's a, she's had a great career. She's probably the most, I don't know, she isn't probably, she is the dec- most decorated female fighter in that division's history, and it's not even close. Uh, I mean, look, look, Whaley may get there, uh, um, Rose may get there, but right now Joanna dominated that division for a lot of years. People forget it was between Rose, uh, or not, not Rose, sorry, uh, Joanna, it was Joanna, Ronda, Nunez, all those girls were dominating, and no one could touch Joanna for so long until until the likes of Rose and Whaley came along. So she had a great career, but Whaley was just – you could tell the power she had. The power that Whaley possesses is just incredible, and she landed so perfectly. She's still a couple seconds away. There's If she fights Nami Yunus ten times, there's probably a different winner 
-hmm. seven or eight of those 10 times. So she's still a couple of seconds away from being a championship level fighter. And you can't take two years off like Yolanda did and then try and come back and face the next best person at your division. That's never going to go well for anybody. Um, you have, the next big event UFC has coming up July 2nd, Adesanya versus Cannoneer. That's UFC 276. I'm sure with Adesanya being the headliner of that card, we'll have to get uh, the problem back on. We'll get Rev and, and talk some more MMA. That'll be uh, fun to get to. And now that brings us to what we're all really here for, what we've been waiting to try and talk about it's a long time coming. And before we get into our breakdown of the series, I'm going to mention coming up a little bit later on, after we talk about the NBA finals, you'll hear me with the We the Thunder podcast guys. And I'll give them a shout out before uh, we, we send it over to their, their podcast. But that'll be interesting because I listened to their most recent show and they are unapologetically lightning fans and so biased and, and thinking that they, their shit so don't stink. So are we. And the, there's a reason why they're the two time defending cup champions. So I'm True. not going to sit here and act like they're not fucking all that. Cause they are fucking all that. So it's, it's, it's not like, and look, I unfortunately can't be a part of that because I will be 100 miles away from Tampa Bay. So as you're listening to this, I am in enemy territory wearing my abs colors proudly. I'm going to look for a bar for Wednesday Keep night. On the swivel, okay? Yeah. I, oh my God. That fucking New York guy. That was fucking ridiculous. Did you see he wore the sweater too? His, oh my court, god, the fucking your dad would have had a stroke. Fucking idiot. Oh my gosh. You sucker punch that guy so bad. He punched another guy farther down that tried to hold him back. Yeah. Look, scumbag, fucking deserved every fucking second of, of that jail time. Ridiculous. That's, that's as low as you can go. After that, there was no way that Tampa wasn't going to win that series against New York. But let's go back to that because we saw. What happened, the same exact thing that happened to New York happened to the Colorado Avalanche last season, except it was a round earlier, where you go up 2-0 in the series, you're riding a big winning streak, then all of a sudden you lose the next four games and you have no answer. And it truly was, they were scoring even strength and getting a lot of power play opportunities in games one and two. Tampa looked a little bit slow, didn't have their legs underneath them, but after that, they just shut them down five on five. And Andre Vasilevsky went, I think, eight periods without giving up an even strength goal. To the New York Rangers, it was just otherworldly what this guy they, is they doing. Had right one, now. They had one goal in the last like two hours and fifty four minutes, something stupid like that. Like uh, up to ice time, it was it was unprecedented. It was and, and look, all those Rangers fans, I told you, be careful what you wish for. We told you what was going to happen. I said it word for word. Keep chanting, Igor's better. Keep doing it. Keep doing it because you didn't win another game. You did well, not even get close to another game. And I mean, it, it was oh, – it, it, it And you can't put any of it on Igor. I mean, he did everything oh, that he could. It's not like Florida – it's not like no Tampa one, was beating, scoring five goals a game in these games you, that they were winning. They just you, couldn't get offense. You only had one guy show up for you offensively. And it was a band job. Now, tell me, Panarin, all that bread you gave him – did nothing. Chris Kreider, who we were saying could be the X Factor in the series, asleep the last two games. How about the guy that you drafted number three overall, ahead of Bo Byram, ahead of Cole Caulfield, ahead of Alex Newhook? Capo Caco, a healthy scratch? That was just uh, Ahead of a guy who, 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 who wasn't even fucking healthy, that didn't even play? Yeah, I, I mean... I, I have a lot of respect for Gerard Gallant. I think yeah, he's a good coach, and he's been in the coach of the year category a couple times. But that was the most asinine decision for a game six. And I just 
that's what you do in a game seven when the guy still isn't producing. I, I get Capo Caco. We said it all playoffs long. He's just been a ghost. He, he didn't, he physically showed up. He was on the ice, but he wasn't playing in those games. He wasn't playing in those series. And I get that all of those reasons you try and jumpstart the lineup, but why would you jumpstart the lineup with a guy that's not healthy in a game where you still have a fighting chance? If you win that game, you go back home to MSG, who knows? I mean, I know Andre Vasilevsky doesn't lose closeout games, especially when the Lightning are at risk of elimination, but you still give yourself that opportunity. They didn't even afford themselves that. This was the karma series through and through. The karma of the New York fan punching the, the Lightning fan, the karma of Artemi Panarin giving uh, Nikita Kucherov shit back in, in when he was in Columbus and sweeping the Lightning when they were the number one seed. Since that moment, the Tampa Bay Lightning have not lost a playoff series. 11 straight playoff series. They're the back-to-back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals champions. And now we see them staring across from what could go down. If, if they, they're able to somehow get this thing done in five games, if the Avalanche get this done before six, they would be in conversation of – they would be 16-3 and three as a total playoff record. They're in the conversation of best playoff runs of all time, most That's- dominant seasons of all time in NHL history. One of the greatest dynasties of the like of probably the greatest dynasty of the 21st century. You could throw it in with the, the with the, the with the Blackhawks when they won all those cups. You could throw it in with Pittsburgh when they went back to back. Like it's right up, and it may even surpass both of those. Very much so. It, it is one of the hardest things to do in sports. A three first three peat in 40 years. It'd be, it'd be the first three peat since the Lakers in the early 2000s in any sport. Any yeah. sport, any of the four major sports. NHL-wise, it's 40 years. 40 years NHL-wise, but for 20 years since since four major sports that's happened. They are on the cusp of history. Look, we, like, we, we're going to talk about more about how we think our team is better, and there's no doubt we do, but there, there is no denying how great this team is and how well-coached and how great goalie Vasilevsky is. Because mm-hmm. this Lightning team, year in and year out, there's a reason why – I, I have bet on Tampa Bay all throughout the playoffs until the Stanley Cup final. I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to bet against my team. But every round, they were the underdogs against Toronto for whatever reason. They were the underdogs against Florida for whatever reason. I took that. And then they were the slight favorites over, over uh, New York. And I hammered them every single game. Every single game. And, and look, I, and look if, if, I was, if I did not have a dog in the race, I would bet on Tampa too. There's zero doubt. But I did not have a dog in the race because that's a smart bet. It's hard to see a, a Stanley Cup, two-time Stanley Cup champion, go into a Stanley Cup final being the underdog. It is very hard to get the third one. But when you give this team that kind of juice, when they're the underdog, it is. there's no denying that is bulletin board material. There is no denying yeah. that for them. So, so it's, it's going to take a lot from the absence to get over this hump. But Tampa, like I said, Tampa is on an unprecedented run right now that we have not seen in a very long time. They are the dynasty of – they're the closest thing that we've gotten to a modern-day dynasty in the salary cap era. They've been in six conference finals in the last 10 years, four Stanley Cup finals, and if they win this one, this would be three in a row, first three-peat in 40 years for the NHL. It, it's truly great, and the point – about this Tampa Bay Lightning team having gone to the gone to and won the last two Stanley Cups, they were going to be tired, and you think maybe they run out of gas at some point. And I think that was a conversation to be had earlier on in the playoffs because it's still so far away. You get through, like we we mentioned, when we got to the conference final, we were only halfway to the ultimate goal. So you go through all of those games, possibly fourteen games, and still 
look and, and see two more series looking ahead of you, that's a little bit easier to go, wow, I'm actually really tired from these last few games. Now the fact that they're four wins away from getting the third cup time. in three years, like this is <clears> – <throat> Even if you're tired, even if you're hurt, even if you're banged up, you are going to put forth your best effort. So I'm glad because there's no other way that the Colorado Avalanche could have won a Stanley Cup for the first time in 21 years is going up against the best team they could have faced. Uh, it's, Look, it's, a hard, it's hard to, to deny the fact that this is probably the two best regular season teams the last two years. Yeah. Like, 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 look, you can say Florida this, Florida that. Tim Bay was no doubt – Beginning of the year, people were like, yep, let's shoot them in for another cup run. It doesn't matter what they did the regular season. Three seed, who cares? Let's shoot them in for another cup run. And the Avs, all this expectation, high expectations in the last two years. Two teams that have seemed to be on an absolute collision course, and they finally meet, right? And that's exactly what it seems like. The last two years, last year, I, we both were like, man, I think it's going to be us in Tampa again. Uh, Tampa will be there again. Because that's how, how, much, how much confidence we had in this Tampa team. And obviously, it, we didn't get to where we wanted to be, but it's, it's a destiny – of uh, basing this team that 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 is all the precedence of history, and if you're going to get it done, you're going to have to get it done against the toughest competition you could have faced. Even after the expansion draft, when we thought they were going to lose their depth and their third and fourth line, which carried them to the last two Stanley Cups, was going to be decimated. Their third and fourth line is deadly again, and that's what's been carrying them through the playoffs so far. And listen, nobody's been bigger lightning supporters of the last two years that we've been doing this podcast than the two of us. When the avalanche get knocked out in the second round, we turn into a central Florida podcast and we're very open about that. So that's what I told I texted you earlier. Tampa Bay fans are actually really easy to get under their, under their skin. You can tell they have a little bit of red ass from the, the getting swept as the number one seed. And then everybody telling them that they've had two Mickey mouse cups in a row. They still got a little, like they haven't lost the chip on their shoulder. So I appreciate that, but they are super easy to get underneath your, underneath their skin. All you got to say is just question the greatness of the Tampa Bay dynasty, even a little slight bit saying, I think the avalanche top three is better than the lightning top three, which they are. If you go man for man, it, they are. It's it's true. I love Steven Stamkos, and Stamkos is a, is a dog. He's going to be an issue in this one. But Nazem Kadri is better than Steven Stamkos, and Nazem Kadri is the second center on this Colorado Avalanche. Well, that's, when he's healthy. Uh, healthy enough, let's, let's, let's preface this. A healthy when he's healthy. Kadri. When, when he's, he's healthy, healthy, absolutely. But, yeah, like I said, look, th- this – I, uh, I mean, we can dive into a little bit of, 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 a, um, uh, of a preview here, in my opinion. But if you look, if you look at across the, the four major parts of the game, uh, look, look, it's coaching. I'm going to give to John Cooper because he's won two cups. But it's very Bez, close. Bednar isn't far. That's all I'll say. But I give it to Cooper because because he, he has won, won, been there, won that. Mm-hmm. Goalie, obvious answer is Vasilevsky. Defense, depth-wise. I give the edge a slight edge. Headman, yes. Kyle Flit. Oh man, does it hurt to see 52 foot on the other side? That that hurts. It hurts. He's gonna be playing with the 52 foot on his back and his dad's name in the rafters. The 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 Colorado Avalanche have not played a Stanley Cup final game where a foot with a 52 on the back has not played in, in on the ice. So kind of weird. I know. I still love Adam Flutter. He was one of my favorite players, but he's probably be, still rooting for the Avs. Uh, it's, it's his son. He's yeah, not going to root against his son. It's, you can make another one. 
Either way, I, I give the Avs a slight edge because of the top pairing of Kale and what he's done. Hedman was exposed a little bit in that first round against Toronto. He looked, he's been looking stellar the, the last two series, but against that series against Toronto, which team, look, as much as we don't want to compare ourselves to the Maple Leafs, the, Toronto flies around. It's better than they're better than a lot of teams. That's exactly what the Avs do. So Hedman. We're going to have to do exactly what Toronto did to Hedman, in my opinion. If you're going to let him sit back there and Vasilevsky stay on their hands, then that's going to be. Forward-wise, that's the next part where I think it's about even. I, 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 think, I think there's stars on both that Jeff Kucherov, you have McKinnon. But if you look at the, the depth pieces, point may be back. Palat is still there. I mean, you could Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Paul has been one of the unsung heroes for this team in the playoffs. Awesome. I mean – you could go – it's about even on that. So, if you give the slight edge, looking-wise, you probably go Tampa Bay because the goalie, because the coach. Uh, um, but but if you look at overall-wise and look at what this Avs team, it's going – It's like I said, there's a reason why we have so much confidence. And if there's one thing that Tampa does better than all the teams that they've played throughout the playoffs is they make, your, make the other goalie lives hell. They make his life hell because the amount of pucks they put on net. And look, if you're going to get to Vasilevsky, it's going to be difficult. But you make sure he sees at least 30 shots a game. You have you, to. At the minimum, if you're going to win, at the minimum, 30 shots a game. You should be mag- You should be averaging 35 to 40, and then you got a good shot at winning. You get more than that, you got a good chance of winning. So, yeah. so, and look, it's not like Tampa Bay's defense is is so far superior than the Avs. It's not, it's the guy between the pipes because he stands on his head every single series, night in, night out. That's why they have so much confidence. And Hedman, who's who's a bigger guy who doesn't have as much confidence, that's why they have so that's why they have so much confidence in 88 between the pipes because of what they do. He's shown to be human, though. Exactly. He's shown to be human. And if you and, and this is a goalie the Avs have beaten before. Not yeah. in the playoffs, obviously, but has good fucking – and look, we can say regular season, postseason. Obviously, there's a difference. I'm not saying there's not a difference. But this is a goalie that the Avs have put up four on. People say, oh, the Avs will not be able to put four up on him. They did it twice to him this year. They did it twice to him this year. 2-0 oh so, in, the, in the season series, too. And, look, you can say, well, we didn't have all our guys. We didn't have all of our guys. Like, yeah. like, it's a completely different game. Completely different game. The Colorado Avalanche are a far superior team than anyone they played in the playoffs this year. And any and either Dallas or Montreal they played the last two years. Look at where those two teams are at right now. Those are flashes in the pants. This Colorado Avalanche team is a far superior team than anything Tampa Bay has faced in the playoffs this year or in the Stanley Cup final the last two years. Yeah, I I think my main issue is Tampa Bay. I, I texted you also. If New York would have won, it would have been a similar series to the Edmonton one that we just came out of for the Avalanche. Both teams are high-flying. They want to get their talent going, and they want to put as many pucks in the net as possible. Tampa plays a lot more like St. Louis. They have a full forward line that's just dedicated to defense. They roll out Kalorn. Maroon and Palat, and that's basically just their defensive line. They don't care if they get any goals from them. They're just there to make your stars' life miserable. So take advantage of home ice. That's what – when the Avalanche won back in 2001, they took advantage of home ice. It took seven games. They took what was then the dynasty, the the New Jersey Devils, with Brodeur, with Stevenson – or Stevens, and now you got to do the same exact thing, but you got to win – got to win on home ice you got to keep that home ice advantage because when you go to tampa you're going to get maroon on mckinnon you're going to get 
Kalorn on Rantanen. You're going to get these guys, like you're going to get their line matchups that they want. And the Avs have shown that they're perfect at covering them so far, but that's not going to carry all all the way through to the playoffs. If it does, that's even more impressive in and of itself. And and look, this is a team that hasn't lost on the road. Absolutely. It's it's mandatory to win one game at home. And if you're that confident in your team on the road, it's a, it's a different animal between Vasilevsky and the pipes. It absolutely is. But, but this team is as cocky as it can be on the road. You win one at home. That's an important thing, right? Look, you, what have I been saying for how long? It's very hard to be Vasilevsky twice. Well, we showed it last series. It's very hard to be Vasilevsky twice, two times. The last thing you want to do is end up in a situation where you're 2-2, you go home, and, and, and you end up with a situation where Vasilevsky is, stands on his head in game five, and you're right back to where uh, um, the Rangers were at. And then you have to win two in a row on it, which is very, very difficult. You want to set yourself up in a way where you can alternate. Like I said, you can alternate and, and control home ice. That's the important thing here. It's very, very important to get game one, get two in, get, and send a message early. Like I said, send a message early. This isn't no, this is, this isn't no puff. Power Puff football team out here. We're, we're, we're meant to be business. We, we were one of the highest teams in hockey for a reason. One of the best teams in hockey the last two years. No doubt about it. But we haven't reached our full potential. And, and, and if you're the Colorado Avalanche, the, the, look, it's you, you got to find a way to, 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 to find a way to be him. And look, we are overemphasizing it. Yes, I know. But it is, we are not, we are talking about the greatest goalie of this generation. You have to find a way to beat him. And whether that be putting up 40 shots a night, taking every chance you can get to get a puck on him to make his life miserable, or what. And look, it's 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 gonna take a full effort. There's no doubt about it. But like I said, I'm I'm confident in my team. I'm not gonna die. I'm confident in my team. And the Tampa Bay fans should be confident in theirs as well. Yeah, both sides have all the confidence in the world. I think the the X factor is gonna be if the lightning do come out and get a good swing on you. The Avs have to be resilient like they have the entire playoffs. If they stand up to the Tampa Bay Lightning's best shot, it's going to surprise the Tampa Bay Lightning because you know they're saying the same exact things that their fan base is saying. All we got to do is body them a little bit, lean on them. They're going to break. If you don't break, you give yourself even that much better of a chance. I think that you already have the better better chance on paper. I have about 400 bucks riding on it because remember I took that future on them way back when, when we had a betting sponsor and, uh, yeah, uh, I'm interested. So before we move on to talk NBA finals and before I get to it, I'll save my prediction for when I'm on with the We The Thunder guys. Um, but what is your series prediction for the Stanley Cup final? Abs and seven. Abs and seven. All right. Make, make it as difficult as possible. <laughs> are we going to have to – are we going to trail in the series? That's the big thing. We haven't trailed yeah, in the playoffs. I, I, so. I think we split and we go down 2-1, but we respond back 2-2, and then we and then we alternate. We win one at home, they win at home, and then we win game seven. There you go. I think, right. goes, I, I think we alternate, literally alternate. Uh, no, I think Tampa wins two in a row. I think the Avs win one. I think Tampa wins two in a row. I think we win game four and five, and then we lose six and win seven. That's my prediction. It's not a bad theory. It's not, I also, I I'm also very selfish, and I want the fucking trophy lifted at home. I would, so. It would be nice. It would, I don't think we're going to win five, five or seven. Five I, don't think seven. I don't think we're going to win five, but uh, <laughs> it would be nice. It, not only are the We the Thunder guys coming on our show, Nico and I will be jumping on after game one on there because they're doing post-game shows um, only. So we'll, we'll be jumping on there on Wednesday night right after game one and uh, get to talk to those guys, break down the actual action that happens on the ice. But now let's get to 
the NBA Finals, tied at two two games apiece. They split both places, and Steph Curry basically decided the, on Sunday night that they were <laughs> yeah they were not going to lose and they were not going to be going down three games to one. He didn't want to have to to overcome that series deficit. And right now, as we're recording this, uh, it's seventy sixty seven in favor of the Celtics. So we got another. This is, uh, here's the good thing about all of these games so far. They've been competitive much pretty much throughout absolutely pretty much games. throughout other than like a few times where a team has taken over for a quarter the teams have been going back and forth and it's not the blowouts that we saw throughout the rest of these playoffs um yeah look that that game that game uh game four staff literally went no clear let's say that he put the team on his back talk about a performance of uh, i wouldn't say getting no help because clay thompson has been averaging 15 points a game mm-hmm. and compared to lebron what he did against this team <laughs> this warriors team when he literally his second best player was matthew Deladova. it's it's a little different but Steph did did all game five himself um and you look at what the production this team is. Draymond has been horrendous. He he was great game five. Started off very very hot for them. But you look at game his performance through the four games. He had more fouls than points. Yeah. I, 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 look, he's if you're almost to double digits tonight. And if you're not a basketball fan, of, and just just know that's really bad. Okay. And, and a person that doesn't watch a look at basketball goes, "Wow, this guy's fouled more more times. He got points." And then we're talking about an all-defensive type player, a guy who's who was a two-time champ, or sorry, three-time champ. Mm-hmm. You, you could go on and on about all of his accolades. And he showed up a lot better in the beginning of the of game five. Um, but, man, this Boston team is very resilient, very, very resilient. I, I, I look, I, I've been saying it, they match up perfectly. You will see what Marcus Smart has been trying to do with Steph Curry. There's no stopping what 30 is doing. Number 30 is, is determined to win himself a, a, a finals MVP, whether he's on the winning side or losing side. And this game five is so, so big because um, whether, whether if Boston wins this, they can go home and win it, right? And if you're Golden State, you, you come out, you got to have all the confidence world winning at home. So much, like I said, that's why home court is so, so, so important. And man, Tatum, like I said, Tatum, Tatum needs to play better. Jalen Brown has been the guy for them. Tatum has been hot and cold. He has had a great performance in Game Five, but he has been hot and cold throughout the series. And if he's, if they're going to win it all, and they're going to bring bring their 18th championship, uh, NBA championship to Boston, they're going to need Tatum to play every night consistently because look they're they have been singling out they're not only singling out clay thompson and jordan Poole defensively they're singling out tatum right now if you're tatum you have to be better defensively and if they're gonna win the series he has to do that has to has to has to he wants to be kobe this is his chance to prove that he is going to be that that competitor and that athlete but right now i haven't seen it out of him other than the game five performance where he's got 22 as as it stands to end the third pretty much um, some, I mean, some, sometimes these, this series has gone pretty much drunk and, and one of these teams has, has completely taken over. Who do you so trust? Drunk. Who do you trust more at this point? Because now that's it's, State. that's not even a question before you even finish that sentence. It's Golden State because yeah. of number 30. Like I said, we're talking about a guy, Shaq said it best on first take this morning. He's in his own realm of players. 
There's been no one that, that has shot the ball like him. You can say Reggie Miller this, Ray Allen that. There's no one of Seth Curry's caliber. He has changed the game. You can see videos of monks and fucking Tibet pulling up from three on a breakaway at their own little hoop. Like, like it, it is it, what Steph Curry has been done and done for the game of basketball is unprecedented. And if I, like I said, I still think Boston can win this series. My prediction was that they'd win, but mm-hmm. the longer this series goes, the more, the more, the more, um, calmer i would say as steve kerr gets with his players being like you know what boys all we gotta do is take one game at a time like i said they know what it takes to get this to get the 16 wins it doesn't matter if it's hockey or basketball it is the most important thing to that 16th win and if you look at what boston had look they're brand new they don't have a single player that has made the uh i may be capping on that uh, they're totally st- they're so shocked in game there, one there's no one on that team i think that has ever sniffed an nba finals i think maybe Derek White maybe was with the Spurs, but I think he was still in college. I don't know. Horford has never been there. Um, yeah, I think they're pretty much all brand new to the NBA Finals. Like I said, this is this is an out-of-body experience of your Celtics fan because you didn't expect – look, they went on that hot streak at the re- end of the regular season, and you're here now. Every, like, I was I was very, very high on the Celtics when they came in and whooped our ass at home and, and all the cheers that, and the fucking fans going nuts. I was losing my mind. I was like, damn, this Boston team is all that because the depth and defense they have. Epi Udoku has them – such a great job coaching this team. Like Boston is, is set up for a lot of success in the East. It's going to be a matter of paying these guys now. Because look, it's 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 going to be treading waters a little bit, and it's it's a very interesting scenario if you're Boston going forward. But you have a good coach. You have one two punch that is one of the best in the NBA, and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. But it's a question of how much how much are they able to get over the hump of beating Golden State. It's one thing playing Golden State. It's another thing beating them for four games. There's a reason why the last five series or, or oh, oh, they, they haven't, they haven't, they've, they've won the, the or outside of the last two years, obviously, where they didn't make the playoffs and then they were in the, in the, um, Playing game last year, this team has has lost one series in its last full three postseasons. One series, and that was a Toronto. Oh, sorry, four postseasons because they went back to back with KD. Four postseasons, they've lost one series, and that was against Toronto, dating back to, to, to when KD first got to there. Like they've only lost one series. It is that's how good coach their Steve Kerr and how, how well Steph Curry just just able to beat anyone. He wakes up out of bed and is in range. That's the fact of the matter is. And Marcus Smart, if you're Marcus Smart, you better be guarding him as that alarm of him steps up. You better be getting in his fucking face when he wakes up sitting there watching his ass, making sure he doesn't move. Because once he steps out of bed, he's in range. He's in range. When he gets to the arena, he pulls up in the parking lot, he might be in range. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how that series ends. Nick, I, I think that's – you got anything else before we, we throw it over to We the Thunder? There, there is a massive story that, that we haven't touched on because we, we don't pay attention to the sport except for two times a year, and that's and that's golf. and everything Oh, yeah, the Saudis people, are cutting people's and, heads off. And this live golf thing and with the likes of Bryson, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson. Um, um, What's, um, who's the guy with the annoying wife? Conway, Patrick Reed is there. I mean, you yeah. can go down the list. A lot of, look, 
I, I, I'm not gonna speak for. I can, I can only speak for myself. Uh, if I was paid a hundred million dollars, it's 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 fucking life changing money. There's no doubt about that. But like I said, there's there's morals to this. There absolutely is. But if you make the money that some of these guys do, just based on sponsorships, you make a hundred million dollars very easily. Talk look look think about it. Tiger Woods is the third athlete ever to become a billionaire. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods. Third athlete ever to surpass a billion dollars made. It's not like that money just came out of nowhere. He played on the tour for all those years and, and, and fucking had his Nike sponsorship dropped, had all those things go against him, back surgery. I mean, there's a way to do all this the right way. And look, I'm not going to deny saying I probably would have fucking, there's a lot of things I would do for $100 million too. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. But this league just seems just scummy. It, 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 I watched that first the first game. We hit, look, look, it is it is the lower half of the fucking league and a couple top guys. It's only Bison is, rules. It's, it's, it's making it's, most hockey. It basically, it basically is. And, and fucking Bryson is still not going to be able to win a fucking major. So it, it's funny. It's funny, though, because, look, the tour is, is so special because of, of, of all the tournaments it has. The thing with this LIV golf that, that they, they, they made sure that it's okay doing with, the majors don't give a fuck. They're still playing the Masters. They're still playing the U.S. Open. They're still playing the French Open. They can't play the PGA Championship, obviously, and they can't play the Ryder Cup, which is – Ryder Cup is the fucking best – second-best golf tournament, or maybe third-best outside the Phoenix Open. Either way, one of the best golf tournaments in the world, and you have the likes of a lot of good players not playing in that tournament anymore. Justin Thomas, who, 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 who said it best, I don't hate those guys for taking the money, but it's just my morals and how much I love the tour and how much the tour is on. I hope – in the end of this, all it does is make the tour open their eyes saying, these are the best athletes, the golf athletes in the world we have. And we just lost a lot of good ones because of our stubbornness of, of not paying them the right way. It's, it's, a, it's the same thing that, that, that Jake Paul is trying to do with boxing, right? Same exact thing, saying, you know what, all you motherfuckers, he's doing it a different way, obviously completely different way, but he's saying, come make money with me. I know these big-time promoters don't want to give you money, but get on an undercard to me, and I'll make you richer than you'll ever see. That's exactly what they're doing. And it's waking up, and hopefully PGA can wake up a bit, because like I said, PGA has done such a great job over the years. Look, PJ will never die. There's, there's no killing it. You still have Rory. You still have Justin Thomas. You still have, you still have Scotty. There's a, you still have Tiger. You still have a lot of big names. Tiger was a fucking apparently uh, uh, offered five hundred million dollars to go play and a stake in the fucking thing. He said, "No, I'm not." So there, there's certain things to this. And look, I, I'm, I can't believe I'm getting this worked up over golf. But like I said, there's it's 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 an interesting thing. It's an interesting scenario. I'm still a guy that that I'm I'm not gonna watch an LAV golf tournament. I'd much rather watch a Phoenix Waste Management Open ten times out of ten. The only the only golf tournaments I watch really out of the year are the majors, and that's I don't watch all of them. So it's not like I'm on just turning it on. But I mean, it's it is what it is. I did see one funny thing though. There was a golfer that fucking shanked one and it hit a dude's head. And this guy took the biggest flop I've ever seen. That dude's smart. 
Dude's smart. He's getting that Saudi money. He he said, "Oh, it's my turn to get a bag." He's Come lucky on. they didn't just kidnap him and kill him. him well, he said, "I'm gonna take one off the dope here. I'm taking one from the team. Give me my money. Pay me up." It was it was, it was a, such a flop and a half, and the dude barely got touched. He said, "Oh, it's my time, baby. It's my time. I'm making money too." When Phil it's Nicholson gets on board that quickly, there should be some red Phil flags. Phil looks fucking. Phil looks like shit too. Oh my god, that's He's one guy. His gambling debts. There's one guy you would not want to see at a fucking dark bar because he will scare the shit out of you. Like, hey, you want to drink? Uh, no, you no, get as far you. away as possible away from him. That's one weird looking dude right now. No thanks, Grandpa. Yeah, at least uh, he's similar to John Daly, but at least John Daly is open about it. John Daly, John Daly almost won a fucking tournament a couple weeks ago. He was the leader after day one. So, yeah, yeah, cigar he, on on the tour. So he, he drank as much as a fucking as a fucking patron. Did yes. and smoking as much cigarettes throughout that round as possible. He obviously didn't win, but it was funny seeing him leading after day one. I think it was the uh, I think it was the U.S. Open that he was leading after day one too, which is yeah. fucking hilarious. Golf is just just one of those sports. I can never. It's not my kind of sport, you know. And everybody on the internet that's seen it on the internet knows it's just not something that I can get get around. Uh, Nick, well. We'll see you back here on Friday. We're going to send it over uh, to the, the We hopefully, the Thunder guys. Hopefully your, our friends at the We the Thunder guys can protect me as I don't get, get fucking New York rangered in, in Tampa or in, in the state of Florida in general. Because like I said, I'm, I have like four ab shirts already packed. Like I'm yeah. packed, ready to go. I'm ready. Like when I'm not working, when I'm not wearing my workout, I'm wearing an ab shirt. I don't care if I'm, I'm be laying by the beach with, with an abs hat on, no shirt, getting a tan, hope, probably sunburnt with, with a pair shorts on saying go abs go to every lightning shirt i see so pray for me that's all i'll say i'm sure that that the, the boys will help you out the we the thunder guys will have your back and now we'll send it over to the segment with them and get a more of a series preview and take a look at the tampa bay side of things in the stanley cup final here on the far end of the bench podcast this is a special time of the year we said it at the beginning of the episode that you guys are listening to now joined by uh enemies uh unfortunately in this circumstance the we the thunder podcast at we the thunder on twitter thomas stash and shooter the boys are rocking with me nico couldn't make it he's traveling to uh, orlando so he's going to be fairly close to the game and, and the action going on glad you guys are, are able to jump on and uh yeah tell tell you guys can go go ahead and introduce yourselves in whatever order you want and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the show and, and what we can expect for the, our little powwow today all right, so you have three of three hosts from the We the Thunder podcast, a podcast that started in 2020 during COVID, or I guess we started a week before COVID, and um, our team has not lost a playoff series since. So what we do is a weekly podcast, and then in the postseason, we transition to post-game shows or sometimes like our last show, post-game parties. Uh, we started back in 2020. Every time we win a playoff series, we do a toast to the team, which might have led to, I want to read this review that none of my uh, co-hosts have seen yet, uh, from Twitter, 6.41 a.m. this morning. Uh, oh. oh. From at ham on the bone 21 says, I eat up every Bolts podcast I can. But that was impossible to listen to. You can't get <laughs> drunk and ramble and expect people to enjoy it. It's a podcast. 
not a bar. So I don't know if I feel bad about this or if I feel really good about this because the idea of our podcast starting was it's a bar being yeah. at a sports bar talking yeah. with your friends. Yep. So if that's what we got, got for this guy, he it might not be for everyone, but mission accomplished because that's pretty much uh, what we set out to do. Um, yeah. But I'll let the other guys introduce themselves and tell why the light, what the lightning mean to them. Uh, well, Stash here. Uh, me and Shooter started the whole kind of the Shooter Stash brand years and years ago. Bounce around, did a few podcasts here and there. And then, like he said, 2020 season, we kind of got our legs going. Technology caught up to where we could actually do a video stream because that's what we always wanted to do. We didn't want to just do an audio podcast. We always wanted to do like kind of a live show that we could interact with the fans. And that's really what our show is. If you come and watch our show, we go live, we broadcast live. There's people in the chat. We chat with them. We give away a bunch of free stuff, swag all the time. Um, but yeah, so technology caught up. We started doing the show. COVID hit, hit a pause. And then suddenly, no one could get together for hockey anymore. We couldn't go to games. So the next best thing was getting together on the podcast and people being able to interact live and talk about hockey at least once a week. And then he said, we started going live during the, the postseason and we took off from there. And ever since then, we've just become this huge community of people that are fans. We get together, we talk lightning, we commiserate sometimes. Usually we celebrate. You guys have been and, pretty lucky. Um, yeah. It's been a huge, it's been, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not come without a share of heartbreak over the True. last, you know, 20 years, you know? True. So, um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into my, I, these guys will tell you, I love telling my hockey origin story because a lot of it actually has to do with the avalanche. Uh, my family's from New Mexico, Colorado, San Luis Valley. We homesteaded out there generations ago. So I have roots out there, but I've been in Tampa for 22 years and I moved here two years in 02, right before we won the cup in 04, right on the heels of the avalanche's last cup. Yeah. And uh, that's whatever I kind of moved here slept out in front of the uh, lightning's uh, arena for tickets, me and shooter uh, for $9 tickets for the entire playoff run. We win the Stanley cup. And then after that, the lockout happens and our, our franchise is a shambles for a full decade, just terrible, terrible hockey. And now since 2011, 2012, we've kind of had a resurgence. We've been a competitive team and we've been getting close, getting close, getting close. In the last couple of seasons, we finally broke through. And that's what I'm excited about because you guys have a very similar team. Um, yeah. You know, I know the metrics look a little bit different. Like you guys are a much more talented team on paper. You got, but really, I think when it comes down to it, you put the two teams on ice. They're very, very evenly He's matched. He's just asking how you started, Stash. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's why I'm, he asked how, what's about the lightning? And I, that's why I'm excited about. Yeah, this friend, this franchise and their history with the light with Avalanche and that this this has been coming down the pike, right? For the last two or three or four years, we've expected this matchup, right? I, I was expecting it last season. This was uh, both Nico and I's pick where preseason was the West was going to be the Avalanches to lose and nobody was going to be when it came to the playoffs at that point, nobody was going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning and it still continues yeah. to be true. Artemi Panarin, I don't know who I was messaging on the account. I said Artemi Panarin created his own monster and uh yeah now that's come full circle and it's still really really scary to to fathom we are yeah. i do agree we're in similar situations uh tom let, let you go and introduce yourself and we'll we'll get things rolling here that's all. i'm thomas i started a facebook group about eight years ago called thunderbolts um it's one of the largest most um news oriented um lightning fan page out there 
It, um, it's amazing. Also, if you if you don't mind, Thomas, there's never any bad takes in this group, which if, <laughs> if you're on Facebook, that's actually a miracle. That's a miracle. They never have any bad yeah, takes it's on uh, Thunderbolt. The moderators are really yeah. good in that group. Yeah. The admins. Um, but we, we right. have um, also for charity, we have donated the most money to local charities um, in the Tampa Bay area, including Seats for Service. We've been number one for the last five years and collected money for that. Every off season, we do a picnic where we um, pick a local, usually a player's charity um, or some kind of local charity to raise funds for where we auction off lightning swag and other items um, to collect money and donate to that. Um, and then 2020, Shooter messaged me and said, hey, do you know anybody that would like to join our podcast? And I said, if it's just talk about lightning hockey, I can do it. And did it once and five minutes into it, it felt like I was just sitting here talking hockey with two guys. And then uh, 2020, I lost my mom to cancer during the playoff run. Why we're in the middle of doing this. And these guys and the fans of the podcast were like huge for it. Um, that's me for her there. Um, and ever since then, we've been doing this every week. Awesome. Well, uh, like I said, I'm glad you guys are on. Follow, follow these guys, listen to their show, stream it live. When you can, Nico and I will be going on after game one of the Stanley Cup final series. So we'll be invading. We'll be able to take your bullets live. I'm, I'm sure I'm gang, getting ganged up on, on my own show here. So <laughs> it's going to, the gloves are going to start coming off. We're going to hit, hit the ice soon. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm very glad you guys agreed to come on because our fan base, I'm not sure. We're definitely much more of a football demographic. Denver is a football city. It's Broncos first, even though the Avalanche are the first pro sports championship. And uh, it's beloved here. We have, I, I think we still hold the record or might be pushing for the record of longest consecutive sellout streak. It was like 487 games from 96 to, to 02, I want to say. Um, but we don't know a lot of hockey outside of our own market. In the last few years, we don't even really know hockey inside of our own market because the Cronkies refuse to let us watch our, our, our team on TV. Um, so you guys are, are here to kind of let our fans know what the Tampa Bay Lightning are, are all about and why um, a lot of you, uh, I, I have the tweet pulled up in front of me. Thomas said Bolton five, uh, Stash has Bolton five, Shooter picked Bolton seven. A little unrealistic, I would say, but I guess you guys will have your own uh, reasonings behind that. But I guess uh, we'll, we'll not start, let's not start there. Starting at the very first series, you guys got pushed to seven games. What happened? Mm -hmm. uh, was it just the Toronto curse or, or what was going on there? What would what, you guys, what were the flaws in that first series? Because there were obviously some flaws. Whoever wants to take uh, it first. I, 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 I think the biggest thing right there was this. So when we in this market, one of the things that we've seen is how much hockey this team has played over the last few years. And I know a lot of the people, especially in other markets, are coming in right away with asterisks over the last couple of seasons, the COVID Cup and the Realignment Cup and all that. But when you really look at the, the, the industry itself or the, the sport itself, no one inside the sport is putting asterisks. Like everyone that plays the game saying those are some of the hardest cups probably ever to win. So you got to take that into account a little bit. And they were a very banged up team in the end of the post or end of the regular season coming into the postseason. And to be honest, I'd, I'd really just say that Toronto started that season or that series much hungrier with much more to prove than the Lightning did. And to be honest, 
our show's been kind of a grind because when you go in the postseason after every single show, you're there you are, three shows a week, four shows a week. You're not stopping. We have made it all the way to the end, the last two seasons. So even coming in the postseason, we were talking about on our show, do we really want them to go on a deep run? Like we're tired, right? Imagine the players being tired. You know what I mean? And I think that they just kind of had a this mentality of, are we sure we want to do it again? You know what I mean? And then as soon as they got engaged and they were like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. We want to fucking do this again. Let's do it. I think that's when you started seeing them turn it around, play better team hockey overall. And they started imposing their well and their system. And then that's when you saw towards the end of that series, it was fairly dominant hockey on the lightning side of the ice. Then for me, for me, it was, you had, um, when we saw the exit interviews coming out of Montreal, they talked about how they were so tired from the playoffs last year. Um, so the Lightning is the only team that's played more hockey than Montreal had. And the only player that is still playing as much hockey is Corey Perry, who couldn't beat us, now joined us. So literally the last two seasons, we've had those short seasons and going into it, Montreal's like, we're so tired, we're so tired, we're so tired. Imagine what the Lightning were. And then including, we got rid of our whole third line um and then come the uh, the uh, trade deadline we get Hagel we get Paul who they didn't know where they were going to fit in this playoff scenario and so I think those first couple days you know it was Hagel's it was Paul's first uh ever playoff experience um so it was them trying to get accustomed to this um trying to figure out what we were going to do try to figure out where they belong what um in a way you know Toronto was the favorite Toronto was a higher seed than us we're starting in Toronto a lot of those guys are from Canadian from Toronto there's a huge storyline there with Stamkos um Taveras and that whole thing and so I, I think the bright lights got to them for the first couple of games and then they settled in and said you know what let's play lightning playoff hockey and once they played lightning playoff hockey, they still have not stopped. And now we're in the Stanley Cup finals. Is it that much different? I mean, because I know the regular season's matchups between the Avalanche and, and the Lightning were razor thin. I watched both of the rewatched both of the highlights today. And there's literally both both sides had moments where you're like, that this game is over, and all of a sudden the other team swings back. Is there that much of a difference from the way the Tampa Bay Lightning play in the regular season to the postseason? Well, I mean, and yeah. what, are, what is that difference? 2019, yeah. 2020, it was five-something bolts. These two-to-one games are going to be all bolts. The, if they can get these low-scoring games, that's bolts playoff hockey. Bolts regular season hockey is score four, score five. Just get it in the net. When they, when they get to playoff hockey – it's defense, it's Vassy. Vassy's on a whole new level, and it's sur surround that net, stop box from being the net. You see the games that we've lost to Toronto, the games that we've lost to the Rangers. It's been four goal games, five goal games. You, you get those low scoring games, and that's going to be an advantage, um, Tampa, especially because Colorado's got that high scoring offense and the high scoring defense of the blue line. Yeah. And our coach kind of says it the best way. I think he, he kind of shifts from, it's not about how many you put in, it's about how many you keep out in the playoffs. Yep. And that's something that, and I know you've seen it on Twitter is why 
Lightning fans are confident going into the series because we actually watched the Western Conference, fi- uh, not finals, but uh, I guess we did watch the Western Conference finals, but we watched all the other series too. Yep. And we see a lack of goaltending and defense. Yeah. Which, got, after the first series, it got way out of hand. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and that's what I had on the board. It, it reset on me, but you know, how, how are you going to beat the lightning? Because if you want to play that high scoring, um, you know, first one to 10 wins, they know how to play that game. They also know how to play these one, nothing, two, nothing, two, one type of uh, goaltender kind of duels and going into this matchup are, you know, our, our secret weapon, or I guess it's not a secret anymore. Our X factor, I guess you should say is Andre Vasilevsky. That's, that's the key to the entire series. If Colorado wants to win this, that's the puzzle that they're going to have to solve. New York did for two days. Well, and and the one thing I would have to say to Avalanche fans and a lot of people out there that from the analysis that I've seen is that the Lightning don't get enough credit for their ability to play high-paced hockey. They can (laughs) go and and play a track meet style hockey if, if that's what they have to do. They're comfortable playing it. Is that what they want to do? Is that their is that their recipe that you've been hearing that word come out of Tampa Bay a lot lately? The recipe that's the moniker this season. Uh, no, that's not their recipe. They couldn't have been more comfortable in in Game Six when it was zero zero going into the first out of the first period, going into the second period tied at zero. They score a goal, one nothing, so comfortable. They come back and tie that game on a power play, which again, it's a bad play by Steven Stamkos. That's a terrible penalty to take from your captain. A guy that's been putting his balls on the line this entire playoff run goes and talks about discipline, talks about, goes and makes a stupid penalty. They score the equalizer and then they come right back out and boom, they put it in the net and then boom, it shut down hockey. I mean, mm-hmm. the Rangers didn't have anything after that. After Not the only do they put it in the not only do they put it in the net, it's Steven Stamkos who got the, the penalty, right. exactly. who came back and scored it and was like, I'll, I'll right the wrong for me taking that stupid penalty. So, yeah. so I, I would say if that's like the, the biggest difference right now between these two teams, because I think that if you really look at the way each team is capable of playing, because I think the Avalanche don't get enough credit for their ability to defend. And I think that they can Agreed. play uh, tight hockey and still feel comfortable. Now, the question is, how long can they play tight hockey and feel comfortable before they start getting anxious, making mistakes? Because mm-hmm. that's that's the big difference. You, your question really goes back to what's what's the, is that that big of a difference between regular season and playoff hockey for the Lightning? And yes, it absolutely is. Because as Rob said, Shooter says, it, it's keeping them out, not getting them in, and mm-hmm. and being willing to trust that process and not lose your patience. Patience is what makes the lightning team so hard to play against in the postseason. And so it, much experience. I mean, is, so much there experience. Is. That's there's the, the reasons why you guys are confident. I no shame about it. You guys have every right to be confident. I, I find it funny that there are fans that, that say that there's, there's been disrespect and that people aren't aware of, of how, great the team is the people that know know and and the people that see you guys here again it's no secret as to why you're here you play the system it's a perfect system now because there's guys at the top that have played in it for so long it just trickles trickles down and you got third line guys that come in every single season and, and play at a high level and i've been a big proponent i told i think i told you guys 
after the avalanche have been like more disappointing than the homecoming queen after prom night and, and everything like that for the past three years, we be, we became Tampa Bay lightning fans because we didn't want whoever beat the avalanche to go on and win the Stanley cup. So we were going, I was diving deep. I was trying to learn what these guys do. And it's, they don't just, it's the cliche. They don't like to win. They hate to lose. And when this team loses, that was the whole thing about the Toronto series was that Toronto would won game one. And then they came out in game two and thought, oh, Tampa Bay is going to roll over. Are you kidding? Like Tampa Bay hasn't rolled over since Columbus. That was the last time that team has, has ever looked like they rolled over, quote unquote, in the playoffs. So this team has all of those things going for them. And the, the problem with the Avalanche is that, like I said, they've been disappointing up until this point. And for there to be the same kind of confidence in the Avalanche as there are as there is in the Tampa Bay Lightning, we're going to have to go out and beat you guys. That's the only way that we're going to prove – ourselves as true Stanley Cup contenders. It's been cute the last few years. McKinnon, Rantanen, uh, Burakovsky for, for a little bit of time there, and now Kale McCarr. It's cute. We, we got a lot of great, great names to throw out there. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's definitely time to put up or shut up. And I fully admit to that. And I think the team is aware of that as well. I don't know. You guys probably didn't pay as much attention to the picture uh, after this the Avalanche won the Western Conference Finals. There was other than a few guys on the end that are the, the happy-go-lucky guys in the locker room, Nathan McKinnon looked like he was ready to, to murder somebody on the other side of the ice still. And he had just won the biggest game of his career. This team doesn't think that anything is over. And I'm I'm guaranteeing you, I think that Jared Bednar's maybe 1A, not 1A, but 2 or 2A behind John Cooper in head coaches in the NHL. They've had similar career tra- trajectories. I think this team is sure. actually the most prepared for – the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I still don't know if that's going to be quite enough. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm fully confident. I'm, I'm confident because it's my team, but there is a lot that's going against against them for this entire series. So I have a question for you. Like, um, you know, Colorado, have they really been tested? I mean, the we talked about it in our podcast, the first series, no sorrows. Um, could have been a little bit different, I think, Colorado still wins, but I don't think the sweep against Nashville as stars is in the net. Um, second series, series. yeah, second second series. Um, I think we agreed one of the best teams that was in the West, St. Louis. Um, Bennington goes down. You guys win that series. Would you guys? That would have been a seven, probably a seven game series. Possibly St. Louis winning that series um, from our side of things. And then you go into Oilers, who it was the first one to score a touchdown on the extra point against a goalie like Mike Smith, who played for us at one time um, years and years ago. So for Tampa Bay Lightning fans, you remind us because, you know, we only see you twice a year. You remind us a lot of the Florida Panthers who we face in the second round score a lot, not big defense. Your defense scores a lot. Your goalie, we they have Bobrovsky. You guys, we don't we don't know if they're going with Kepter, if they're going with um, Francois. You know, Kemper. right? I'm sure it'd be Kemper if he Kemper. if he's good. I, I'm almost 100. They said he's 100 healthy. That was the answer yeah. from everybody. And, and, and I compare him, yeah. And I think he's somewhat of Bobrovsky, honestly, and his skill and his ability to carry a team, not necessarily to steal a game, though, is the thing. I don't think he's ever really going to steal a game. For you, yeah, you know, like he's, he's I, definitely I mean, got his flaws. I don't know. Like, again, on paper, right? On paper, yeah. like any goalie, I think any goalie in the NHL, once you get to this point of the playoffs, is good enough to get hot 
right? Mm -hmm. And then maybe the other team doesn't quite have the puck luck. And then, boom, the goalie could steal a game out that way. But you're not expecting, per se, Kemper to come in or either one of you guys' goalies to really come in and steal a game in this series where you're looking at a Vasilevsky and you're like, man, if he doesn't steal two games in this series, then he's not on his game, kind of, you know? Yeah. And watch out. And and my thing is – it's that elimination game that is always going to be one of them that he's just lights out. So it's it's just – it's a totally to... different situation than, than the Avalanche have been in in any of their previous Stanley Cup finals because we had Patrick Watt. We had the X Factor yep. in our own net, and we yep. weren't ca- counting on our goaltender to be the Van Biesbrocks or the Eddie Balfours, the guys that play outside of themselves. I've seen right. Kemper. Kemper did it a little bit to – I mean, did it as much as he could to us in the bubble when he was with mm-hmm. Arizona. Kemper stole two games yeah. against us in that series, and I won't put that past him, but uh, – Especially early on, it doesn't look like he's comfortable. Like the style that he likes to play is where he's getting peppered in front of a terrible or behind a terrible, terrible defense. And when he's peppered and he's staying engaged the entire time, he doesn't, I would say he lacks the locked in energy that Vasilevsky gives off from the moment Vasilevsky gets into his crease in the playoffs. And especially in the elimination games that we've watched, it's locked in from the first, he's watching the game at the other end of the ice when Tampa is pushing the zone for two and a half, three minutes. And when it comes back to him, he's still in the same position. It's it's very robotic. That's what I – Tampa, you guys just play your same robotic style and you know that you're going to be in the right spots. And then all of a sudden a stretch pass opens up in the middle of the ice and nobody can catch up to Braden Point. And he puts it over backhand on, on the goaltender and you're like looking up what what happened. So I I totally see the the system and everything like that. And uh, I I do think – the defense is a little bit underrated, especially outside of the people who watch the avalanche game in and game out, especially from the the forwards. And in this playoff run, I'd say the forwards have been the best part of the defense. You have Kale McCarr and, and Devon Taves who are playing big in front of the net. I think Eric Johnson is playing like a guy who's been in the league for 15 years and never sniffed the Stanley cup. And he, he's looking at one dead in the face, four wins away from him now. So he's playing out of his mind the one issue there would be losing Sam Girard to St. Louis. And that was a terrible blow. But then you got a guy like Bo Byram stepping up. He just turned 21 and arguably he was the third best defenseman in our last two series, possibly second mm-hmm. best behind uh, Kale McCarr. So there, there's a little bit of, of, I think not, I guess not bias, but just lack of information on, on both sides because people yeah. could look at you guys and say, well, Steven Stamkos was, injured for forever and is he really still playing at that high of a level Kucherov sometimes goes cold he wasn't himself in the first couple games of the playoffs so there's there's things on both sides that you can nitpick what we can't nitpick is that this is a hell of a matchup and I think that we're in for knockdown drag out games I don't think that we're going to get a blowout on either side and and I know that the the tab on the avalanche is that they're probably going to give up mentally that's what happened last year against Las Vegas I think this team is for anything that they do in this series they are not going to go ahead and just give in and let Tampa Bay bully them. I think they want to yeah. prove at least that they're going to stand up to the biggest dog in the yard. And if it's not our time, I guess it won't be our time. We'll go back to the drawing board. I just, I think that's what the avalanche have to bring to this series is that they have, they're trying to start a legacy. I think Kale McCarr put out that, that quote today, you guys are trying to build a dynasty or, or cement a dynasty and we're trying to build a legacy. 
and to start the legacy. Yeah. yeah. Well, well and something and we can add. Oh, go ahead. Something we have said in this during this postseason run. Um, something from Ric Flair. I mean, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. In order yeah. to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And it's great Ooh. that the Lightning have made it this far. And you know, every team has came up and said, you know, Tampa's the one. They're the back-to-back defending champions. We got to beat them. So I think going going into this series, that's that's what it's going to be. Is Colorado's looking to dethrone, and then we have people like McDonough, who I think is underrated um, in a lot of markets. And then you're going to have Maroon, who you guys know a little bit about Maroon down there over there in Colorado from his St. Louis times. Yeah. And then Corey Perry. You know, these guys want to win that cup together and it's going to be will versus will and who has the bigger, the bigger will there. I will say right now, out of every team that the lightning have played in the postseason, the last three years, this is going to be the most mentally tough team that the lightning will play. I'm going to say that right now. Uh, There's a famous quote, well, not famous, but uh, it, it was a big quote from the series against Dallas. Uh, on the quest for the cup on ESPN where Cooper's in the locker room and he's saying at one point, you're going to make this other team, they're going to decide to quit. You're going to make them choose to lose. Mm -hmm. And I've used that quote quite frequently in the last two years and including through this run, because that's exactly the way the lightning play hockey. I would say that of all those teams, I completely agree. This is the first team that we're facing that, I don't know if that moniker is going to hold true, if that idiom and that saying is going to hold true. I don't know if the Lightning are going to be able to grind the light or the avalanche into a submission, if you will. I, that's the one thing I'll say about this avalanche team is that they match up well. I mean, you've, you know, I'm, I still am 100% biased. I mean, I can move real quick. Can't quite oh, see it. I got my yeah. 77 sweater on the, on the chair behind me. Right. I got my McDonough sweater that's signed by Chernak. I love the Lightning defense. I'm a huge guy, and I'm a little bit – I'm still not sold on McCarr being a complete NHL defenseman. I still think he – like the fact he seems to carry this team offensively more than defensively. To me, as an old-school guy, I, I would still take Hedman 10 times out of 10 because he he focuses on, from his blue line forward. And I think I wouldn't mind the Swedish giant controlling my blue line either. You know? That would be pretty nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and of course he's, of course he has the benefit of already being in this league for a decade. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? McCarr does not. And I think McCarr has the ability to maybe mature. And especially if the forward group that you have comes into their own and he doesn't have to be such an offensive catalyst. Yes. He has the ability to do. It. I think Victor Hedman honestly could easily be as offensively dominating as McCarr is if he yeah. had to be. But the thing is that he's in a system where he doesn't have to be, and that makes him even better on the back end. And it really, when it needs to be, makes his offense even better, right? And right. so yeah. then, I, but I will say, though, you've got, McCarr is phenomenal. There is no doubting the amount of talent and skill and creativity and ability that guy has and what he brings to your team. I've been a fan of Nathan McKinnon since day one. Gabe Landeskog, I love that guy too. The, the like the the grit, the the guys in your locker room are the kind of guys that I would love in the locker room that for our team. You know what yeah. I mean? Those the, two guys that you just mentioned were there during the forty-eight point season. Right, exactly. Right, and then and they, I remember that. Like, and mm-hmm. that's what I was saying coming on the show is that 
I still probably follow the avalanche more than maybe one of our friends that comes on the show a lot, a shooter and I, old friend of ours. He's from the Utah area, grew up there. He's a he's a straight avalanche fan. He still isn't a lightning fan. He he puts the abs first still. Yeah. So I I'm still aware of your team. I still watch your team probably more than anybody in our market does, and probably more than anybody in your market watches our team. So yeah, uh, I have a lot of respect for what you guys have been going through. You're right, your coach. I mean, he's he's awesome. He he's basically a mirror image of what Cooper's done in his and the way he's come in and changed the culture here and had to make sure he had ownership behind him. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with you guys' TV deal. You're obviously a little salty about not, I don't know what's going on with that, but I mean, at least it seems like they're uh, putting in the money into their roster and uh, you know, building this team the right way. And I never thought I would see a situation where Kadri can come in and be a positive influence on a team you know what i mean and and, and you know i I'm, i'll be honest I, I watched a lot of the western conference final i heard about the kadri bennington incident before i saw it and i'm not gonna lie my first reaction was well that piece of shit of course of course he took out yeah. the goalie and then i go back and look at it and no harm not that's a hockey play man it was a straight hockey play. i don't feel anything like he was you know his his uh you know his reputation was, was probably like a lot of people said you you heard you heard his name and you immediately assumed he was guilty and then so it wasn't you know it wasn't like that so yeah. and it's kind of like Corey perry with us you know he, he's the worm and like he doesn't do half the shit on the lightning that he was doing the last two seasons when we saw him with dallas and montreal he doesn't do half of the dumb stuff so i have a question for you i was watching uh the hot garbage guy today break down this series and he used the word goon in reference to our team a lot to the point where i was like dude do you know playoff hockey or are you just kind of being like salty about a a physical playoff team like do you do you look at the lightning as a goonish playoff team like they take cheap shots behind the play and they the light the refs look the other way a lot of time at what they do no, I mean, I don't think when they do commit a penalty, they commit a penalty, but it's not, there's no Trubas throwing elbows trying to decapitate people at the blue line. Uh, that's actually, I hadn't heard that before. When you guys were playing the Stars, I said it like the Dallas Stars were the biggest goon team that season. That was why they got it to, as far in the bubble as they did, because they just took out the best players on every other team. And uh, similar to the, the year before, we I hated San Jose and Dallas the most uh, for like a two-year span. And I thought the same thing. No, I've no, not seen anything. In, and I've watched a lot of playoff hockey from Tampa Bay. I haven't seen anything to, to say that they're goonish. I, that's why I have a lot of respect for – I'm I'm trolling your, your fans a little bit or the people who reply to your Twitter, but I'm not doing it out of like mean-spirited. It's fun. I have a lot of respect for what you guys did. I think – Honestly, you said it, uh, Stash said it when we started the show. It's similar situation. We weren't in a good situation for a long time. 2016 uh, rolls around and we end up beating Calgary, who's the one seat at the time. And that was when things really started to, to take off. And Joe Sackick is similar to, I think, Brisebois, where he's done the, the right things and, and put his team in the right situations. And um, I mean, even this season, just with the additions that they made at the trade deadline and those additions paying off as much as they are, it's it's eerily similar on, on both sides. And this is why everybody's been 
thinking this matchup's coming for a long time. I'm well, on Lance Segal, Grace Stein, and just like Stamkos did for us. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, they're very comparable. I actually think Colorado's more seems like our 2015 team when we win against yeah. Chicago in the Stanley Cup finals with Bishop in, in the net mm-hmm. and Vassy behind him. I think this Colorado team looks very similar to them where you have that that fast young gun and the blue line that likes to shoot a lot um, and is still kind of the, the young ones. Mm-hmm. And then you got these old people in the Tampa Bay Lightning who are going to try to teach them this series. Um, and, and then hopefully we win it. And next year you guys can play again. Well, that, that's what I was thinking too, Thomas, is – you know, has has Colorado really had enough of the heartbreak to get them over the hump? Because all right, you, you lost a couple of years in the second round. Boo freaking who? It wasn't just that's that's what Nico says too. And I tell him all the time, it's not just that they lost, it's how they lost in those series. It's yeah, the San Jose was a bad call. I think I still would say Landeskog was not on the ice at that point. It wasn't offside. I will die on that hill. But Dallas, they they take the lead at the end of regulation. They give up the lead. They get the lead or they get it tied at least and get it in overtime. And then two and a half minutes into overtime, I'm standing there screaming. Like I had to kick myself off of our podcast Twitter page. I was like in our early days, the 300 people following us were, were about to riot and, and report me and everything like that. It's, and then Vegas last season, we were 6-0 and in the playoffs up until that point. We got swept out after that. That's where it's not as I, I guess I, I don't know. You guys probably feel differently than I do. I say it's on the same level as you getting so swept as a, by an eight seed, as the one as the number one seed in the President's Trophy winner. You're almost there, but our star, our sad stories of the playoffs begin way before that. In, in 2015, two, two, two wins away from winning a, a Stanley Cup. Our goalie got injured. And then we we ECF bring in the big cat. That was when we were we we were winning like twenty games on the season. That was that was when we were even further in poverty. Yeah, well, but the, the, the year that, after that, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're up three games to two. Lost the final two games. Didn't go back to Stanley Cup Finals. The next year, we yep. didn't make the playoffs. The next year, yep. back to the Stanley Cup or back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Up three games to two again. <laughs> lost the, the series. Winner. Washington so goes on to win it. The other, the other team we lost in the Eastern Conference Final, three, uh, being up three games to two, Pittsburgh goes on to win it. Goes on to win and it. And then the next year was the year we had the best regular season ever, tied with the Detroit Red Wings of 1960s, um, if that counts. Um, and so then we record, get. It doesn't count. One thing we can agree. One thing we can agree on. Nothing about the Red Wings counts. Except for when Steve Eiserman was in town. Eiserman was here, yeah. Well, yeah and so then after, you know, that three years, I guess you could say four years of heartbreak because one year we yeah. did not make the playoffs. That's when um, we got swept. And then it was the next year that the team never really looked back. And yeah. your motivation is, all right, you know, similar to ours, like, man, this hurts to lose. Like, we're almost there. We've got the team. We've got everything we need to, to get over the hump. Um how are you going to put that against the motivation for yeah. this main group of guys who's planning to win three straight, which is probably never going to happen again. If, yeah. if we're being honest, probably never going to happen again. Some so, say it shouldn't have happened in the first place, but well, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It did. Wait, well, so it did, did the lightning? Did. The lightning voted for it to never happen in the first place. I, as a matter yeah. of fact, <laughs> I, I put that out teams. there as well last season when I was carrying your guys' flag. I said you guys voted, and well, Chicago just, said no, and that was also when Chicago was doing a whole bunch of other bad shit. Chicago so better than fifteen by doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's exactly when how we because you know what? And I was calling Tyler for the Johnson Avalanche to, lose, to use it yep. this year when Landis got went hurt. Tyler Johnson got hurt. And he went down, and we didn't really have anyone on the roster of the depth at that point that could replace him at that moment because he was our Braden point at that time. Tyler Johnson was our Braden point. That triplet line was insane at that point. And if he didn't, which, by the way, I thought was a shady slash that hurt him. It was a really shady play when he got slashed and it injured his wrist. But they were able to reload because their injuries happened in the regular season, and then they were able to use LTIR overloaded came back and in the postseason they were they were fucking stacked like they I think they were way more stacked than the lightning team was last year for sure mm-hmm. like personally I really think they were but you know whatever that's to me that I mean this and and shooters talk about 2015 this goes back to 2011 for Steven Stamkos right we talk about the captain we talk about the guy that this year is leading the way which I said before the playoffs Steven Stamkos con Smythe winner that was my prediction. That was my bold prediction. Steven Stamkos, Con Smythe winner. And right now, if he holds true playing the way he is and you, they pull out and they beat you guys here, I believe Steven Stamkos will be the Con Smythe winner unless Vassy just completely plays his ass off. Yeah, Vassy like, would be the goals. only other one unless Pilon yeah, Unless he gives up like three goals winner. and the lightning sweep and he gives up like three goals. Honestly, which that's not happening. And I and I think the five goals or five games is a bold prediction, but I have my reasons. We can get into it later. But I'm just saying right now, like it started in 2011 for Steven Stamkos. They almost got there, lost in the ECF. And then they had tumultuous times. They had Jadis, that's when the Marty St. Louis thing happened. Like you guys haven't gone through something like that. Like MSL was the heart and soul of our franchise. And then the the heartbreak because of the scandal that came out between him and Iserman and the Olympics and then his wife and then personal things and then the franchise. And then suddenly we do a captain for captain swap with all teams, the Rangers. Like if, there, if there's a team like you guys as, as, as avalanche fans hate the Red Wings as a Tampa fan, we hate all things, New York, dude, especially things that have to do with Yankees and Rangers and giants here in tampa you know the long islanders and not like those guys they're okay whatever they're a different breed if you're a yankees fan if you're a rangers fan if you're a giants fan you could fuck off down here in tampa you know what i mean and so to have that swap and him go there but look what happened we got ryan mcdonough and that guy helped come in and that guy's never missed the playoffs by the way let's give a shout out to mr 27 i'm wearing his sweater right now in his entire career he's never missed the playoffs so that goes back to 2011 i think for some guys on this team and, and, and beyond, right? Like he was it, with the Rangers making the playoffs. They were supposed to be something and they blew it all up and shipped mm-hmm. him out of town. He was a prodigal son that came down here and found a beautiful life in Tampa. You know, I mean, these guys all live within a few houses of most of them. Most of these guys all live on the well, Davis Island right there in the river, right, right, right across. It's like a 15 minute bike ride, five minute car ride to the arena. And if you aren't living there with your family, you're living somewhere within proximity of the arena. These guys all live with each other. They, they hang out together all the time. Like they become a family. And ever since, you know, Stamkos and McDonough, Hedman came in, they went through the trials and tribulations, 2015 rolls around, 
some of those guys from the crunch that was super successful, they come up with John Cooper. He brings a whole new philosophy, a whole new style, and they become a, a family. And I think that when it really comes down to this, the series, what we're going to see is the intangibles are what's going to make the difference. Who's, and I who's think a better that's team? What, who works better as a team together? Right. Team unity, team mm-hmm. hockey. That's what's going to make the difference. I don't think that there's going to be a, a player that that's takes over what the makes entire the, thing. Unless it's that no, selection. there's not. Right. We're exactly. That, I, that's or I Kemper. Really, I mean, I guess well, Kemper, if, if Kemper, right. I'm knocking on wood because I don't want to jinx myself, but if, if Kemper does have an Eddie Balfour moment in him or, you know, he something has like that. I will say that you're not wrong about that. Well, but you know, that, and that's what it comes down to me. Go ahead. Sure. It can, it can kind of go two ways. You know, the, the lightning have this history of making, um, okay. Goalies look really great. Right. Yeah. Does, doesn't really happen too often in the playoffs. More often in the playoffs, if you have one of these one, two situations or even one, two, three situations, um, you know, we usually run that first goalie out. And then the second goalie comes in, and then they're crying for the first goalie again, not long afterwards. So I think that's one of the things that you, the, the Avalanche need to kind of establish sooner than later is. Who's the goalie? Because uh, I don't think these goalies Kemper. like. And don't get knee jerk. Yeah, yeah, but Bednar has to not get the, knee jerk with his goalie decisions. That's don't pull a Gerard Gerlant. Don't make a decision when you're hungover at 3 a.m. after crying in your beer, losing losing a game. No, yeah. this is. Yeah, it's it's Darcy Kemper's net, and I don't disagree. Uh, with how long? Uh, it, I think it. I think it, unless he's injured, uh, unless, unless he the hurt. eye flares up, it's got to be his. You can't pull him at any point. You, I was say you won't see Coop pull Vassy no matter what. You can no, go ahead and score 10 on Vassy. We, in we a saw game. It in the first series. We yeah. saw it in the Toronto series. Like any other goalie gets pulled in that Toronto series, man. Shesterkin got pulled in his first series against the Penguins, and he yeah. should have. Vassy did not have still played every single minute of the playoffs for the last three seasons. Darcy didn't That's get happen. So I Darcy think didn't get pulled for performance. Darcy got pulled because no, he couldn't right. see. He was in exactly. so that's exactly. where I he think only lost the, it. Right. That's why. Yeah. That's why there's not as much of a goaltender controversy. And Francis is a better backup than most that you'll see around the league. I think he starts in a market like Columbus or a smaller team, Winnipeg, maybe. But he's yep. not. He's not the starting goaltender on this team. This team is too good. It's like putting a Honda Civic engine in a Ferrari. It makes no sense, and all it's going to do is, is is just slow you down. So Kemper is Kemper's the <laughs> number one. But you talk about that the Colorado fan base, the Avalanche fan base, after those last couple wins with Francois in the net, they get if Kemper comes back and gives up four goals in game one, and you guys lose four to one, because you guys are going to have, hopefully, for the Lightning's sake, some of that rust, like we had the nine day rust against New York. So hopefully, you get some rust, which is why I picked five games, because I think we win game one, lose game two and win the rest of the three. Um, but, and it makes my pockets cheaper because less home games. Um, but <laughs> Jesus tickets so, in this game series, right? Yeah. So, um, ridiculous here too. yeah, so say, say we win that first game four to one. Are those average avalanche fans, those newcomers, Johnny, Johnny come lately's going to be like, oh, he's still injured. He's not doing great. Look what... Francois did against Edmonton. 
I mean, it would make sense, except for the fact that game four against Edmonton was so bad. And Francis proved in that series why he wasn't the starter going into the playoffs. It because was they, it was we, soft we goal that, after soft goal, and, and it was bad. Go ahead. We had that last year with Florida with Bobrovsky and Knight, where the Panther fans, you don't see any Panther fans the whole season. And then it sells out for the playoffs. And all of a sudden, everybody knows what they should be doing down there in goal. And, you know, and we've started having some trolls on our podcast come in and be like, oh, you guys can't beat Knight. You guys will beat Bobrovsky. And then what did we do to close out the series? We beat Knight. So, yeah, you know, and that's, is Avalanche going to have those Johnny-come-latelys? That's the thing about Bednar is Bednar doesn't give in to any kind of outside pressure. I think Bednar and Sakic work so well together and they have a lockstep on what they're doing. It, there's been times where people have been calling for big moves, big changes, uh, you know, moving around the lines and he does it when he feels like it's the right thing. And if he doesn't feel like it's the right thing, and I don't think he will, I think he understands if you're going to get a Darcy Kemper performance, that's going to win you the series. You've got to give him all of the leash. He's got a, he's just got the net that's you give him the keys to the car. And if he crashes, he crashes, but that's going to be the best coaching decision. That's what's going to give the guys, the other guys in the dressing room confidence because they know this guy is our guy and and we're going to have to stand up for him. And that's where we're going to start seeing the team aspect again. And when these two teams play as a unit, it's flawless hockey. And there's a long period of time where neither team is getting a very good shot on goal chance. That's, one thing that I noticed from from the games and, and game one went to the shootout and it was a six round shootout because that's how many studs these guys these two teams have on the ice and you were there. You know, it was <clears throat> you guys probably should have should have won it. That that's, there was a couple of lucky breaks for us in that shootout. Um, but no, that's that's why I think the series is so intriguing and that's why I just hope for the best series of the playoffs so far. It goes seven games. It's a knockdown drag out, kind of like it, the O one Cup where we end up beating New Jersey at home. And it would be awesome to see the, the boys lift the cup on home ice. But other than that, I, I'm very nervous about this series. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're really happy about the, the matchup. Like, you know, I think almost, I mean, I don't want to speak for the other guys, but like we kind of considered the Stanley Cup last year, the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Islanders because Montreal making it was- Montreal was didn't scare joke. you guys? It, it was kind of a joke. And I don't know if you watched Stanley Cup Finals, it was kind of a joke. We, uh, Probably could have swept Biggest them, joke. but I, I think they wanted to win at home, so they they well, left yeah. the. Uh, you guys didn't want to win in the empty arena for two years in a row. Oh, I get we it. Lo- we lost in <laughs> overtime, <laughs> and came back home and won in Game Five pretty easily. Um, but you know, ev- even before that, it was the Dallas. COVID Cup. Like everyone, and then over the cap. Like, what are you going to say if we beat? the Colorado Avalanche. I think like that's a challenge for this team. I think even the team knows that. Um, And I think finally, when we win this round, they can't, they can't say, you can't really say anything about this run. What are you going to say? And you've seen the team do it different ways. You want to, you want to go up two games to none, go ahead. You want to push it to elimination, go ahead. You want to sweep, here you go. That's why I just have a tough time trying to figure out how are you going to beat the lightning? You're going to yes. outscore them. I think that's your best chance, but guess who we have in net. It ain't going to work for four games. And guess who's you on the ice those too. close games. Guess who we have in net. And you know, you're talking about your third best defender. Our third best is Ryan McDonough. 
Like <laughs> that's a pretty damn good third best defenseman. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you want to talk about bullying the team. We got bullied by Columbus and that will never happen again. Our GM made sure of it. So you want to try to bully us. You want to try to outscore us. You want to try to have a goaltenders, you know, duel with us. Good luck. Like the better team's going to win. And if Colorado pulls it off, kudos to them. They're, they're the team to beat. That's but, yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. That's exactly in lockstep. There's no excuse. And it's, it's the perfect scenario for both teams because if the Rangers would have won it and then we would have beat the Rangers for the cup, there would have been the asterisks. Like we didn't have to, were the Rangers really the best team in the Eastern conference finals? You'd like to think that if they beat the lightning, yeah, but the way that series started, it looked like the lightning just weren't going to show up until they got their legs back underneath them and the rust wore off. So there's, yeah, this is, there's no excuses, no excuse anybody can put on this run for either side. And I think that's why I'm, I'm willing to break bread with the enemy day before the game and, and come on your guys' show a little bit later as people are listening or watching this on our feed. I'll be on, on your guys' show. But uh, you guys all gave out your predictions one more time. Just uh, real quick, we'll start with Tom and, and then go around uh, to, to Shooter and Stash. Predictions for the series. And uh, go ahead and piss off our crowd before we send everybody home. <laughs> I say Tampa in five, and I and that's I I, I say tomorrow. Braden Point steps out on that ice. The Lightning get a little boost of energy. Colorado's had that not that was it ten days. What will it yeah. be for them? Ten it's days. ten, ten maybe going on eleven, ten or eleven. Yeah, um, and then they're gonna they're gonna have that little rust that Tampa had, and. Just one thing to your point there about how if the Rangers would have won, the same thing for Tampa fans. Had the Rangers won, it would have been, see, we told you it was the Mickey Mouse. It was the COVID Cup. You guys couldn't do it in a full regular season. You guys couldn't do this against the whole NHL team. So I think it was important. And we had talked about, you know, I think Shooter said something earlier how we were saying we kind of at the beginning was like, well, if we don't go that far this year, then fine. But then we think that the Lightning, like midway through Rangers or maybe through Florida, was like, you know what? Let's win this whole damn thing and go ahead and do it. And I think one other bonus we have over, over the Avalanche is John Cooper. Um, that man is, he will mess up, well, he will change the lineup just to piss off Lightning fans, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just so everybody in the Tampa Bay area can say, what the hell is he doing? Hashtag fire coop. Yeah. I mean, every year we go through the fire coop phase and then we win Stanley Cups and it's like, are we firing him now? That's always one of the first posts the last then few he, years when we won he fires the Stanley cigars. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, and that's the mind games that I think Coop has over a lot of different coaches is that he's big on the analytics and we've seen that in sports a lot lately. And we tried that 11-7 for the first two games in Toronto. Uh, in New York, sorry, in a, New York didn't go well. 12-6 to six the rest of the way and we, and we never blinked again. All right, uh, Shooter, go ahead. What's your, what's your series prediction and give us your reasoning behind it? I, I give Colorado a lot more credit than these guys do. I think heavyweight matchup, um, you know, we talked about the the motivations. You guys are motivated to, you know, start to not be embarrassed. Well, well, no. I mean, you guys are, are have been on the doorstep. Maybe not right on the doorstep in the playoffs. Some early exits, but that 
has motivated this team to get over that hump. But I just don't see how that stops the Lightning from doing what they're trying to do, which is something that hasn't been done in four years. Like the, the talk about the ultimate motivation. And I think that's what it comes down to. And I think it happens in seven games. And I think we're in for a, a pretty fun two weeks here. I'll be watching for um, the Lightning have won the last 11 playoff series. And in each one of those series, we have almost pinpointed a game and a moment in that game where the other team has given up. And that's what I'll be looking for because if Colorado wants a chance, I don't think they can do this back and forth goalie thing. So I'm glad you said they're not going to do that. Um, but they can't give up like 11 other teams have done in the past three years now. Don't let the lightning beat you. Is it harder to make history or is it harder to stop history? I guess we're going to find out over the next hopefully six or seven games and, and we'll see who comes out on top. Uh, Stash, what, what do you got? Um, you know, my take on this is five games because of the layoff, honestly. I, I just, and it's not that I don't have respect for the Avalanche. It's not that I don't think they're a great team. They're not capable of winning uh, this series overall. If this was two teams that hadn't won in recent years, finally matching up, they, I, I think if, the, if things were all even, I think probably the Avalanche win this in five, honestly. But the intangibles that we've been talking about at this point, I think the lightning are just on such a roll. Whereas you saw the Rangers were on a roll going into the lightning series, but the difference was mentality uh, experience and, and really truly belief in themselves. Like as much as they had swagger, I still don't think they ever believed they could beat the lightning. I don't Now, Do I believe the the Avalanche believe they could beat the Lightning? Yes. They are the team, like I said, the toughest team, the most mentally strong team the Lightning will face in this entire run. That being said, I still think the rust is a factor in game one, which gives the Lightning a split there in Colorado to start the series. But then when you come back to Tampa, I think teams that haven't played playoff hockey here are shocked when they get to this arena and when they see this fan base and this not a hockey town team and the way that we show up, I think teams are genuinely shocked when they come and see 19,000. You talked about your sellout record. Well, we're really close to catching up to that, brother. We're close to 300 right now, consecutive. So we're right there. And we standing room only. We do it all. 19,600 some odd fans in that building. And we talked about it too. That's those, that's going to be the most expensive ticket in the history of Stanley cup finals, 25% more than a few years ago when Vegas made it in their very first year. And you know, those are crazy expensive because that's Vegas. That's people in Vegas being like, I'll pay anything to go to this first time. You know, we're 25% more expensive between the two teams here. So what I really think it comes down to is just the experience. It's a split, split them here in Colorado, Come back to Tampa. The Lightning win the two, and then, it, then it's an elimination elimination game, and that's what it comes out to. Game five ends up being an elimination an elimination game, and that's when Vasi goes and maybe steals the con smite from Steve Stamkos. Here, here's a word of wisdom for your fans, though: Don't taunt the Lightning. Do Any not give them is- poster board material. No, anybody that is started Chan, we want Tampa. Um, Igor's better. 
Um, when they when they start those taunting chants, for some reason it wakes up the lightning, and they don't look back after that. But what's your prediction, Jimmy? You're on mute. You think I'd be better on it as, as the host of my own show? I'm trying to, uh, yeah. Clearly, you haven't watched our show enough. <laughs> this is super tame. This is the a live super, element. We, would we're be on different. our best behavior because we respect you and we're we really appreciate you bringing us on your show in enemy territory. So we've been on our best behavior. Uh, tomorrow night after the game, you might see a little bit of a different. But yeah, come on, man, bring it, lay it on us. What's your prediction? Abs in seven. I think abs in seven because. Uh, you got to do everything that you can to keep home ice. We learned that uh, you you've learned that in your past Stanley Cup experience, and you you have to keep that serial killer type drive, focus, look in your eye. You can't ever think that this series is over. You can't ever think that a game is over. The Tampa Bay Lightning are never out of anything at any point mm-hmm. in any time, and it, they're going to be the most difficult team that you've ever tried to eliminate from the playoffs with this core group of guys. And I think that they're aware of that. That's They've given the Tampa Bay Lightning nothing but respect in their interviews, which is what you'd expect, but it's a little bit different. It's not the stock answers. It's we understand the they understand the moment just as much as everybody else did. They wanted to play Tampa in the Stanley Cup final, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It wasn't in the cocky way that Florida did. It wasn't in the cocky way that New York did. This was just the way that it had to be. A lot of our fan base, a lot of our fan base that knows is aware like this is the way that it had to be for the the Colorado Avalanche this is the way that the Broncos had to win their last Super Bowl Peyton Manning had to suck you had to just rely on your defense and you somehow made it and and took care of business when you finally got there and you're gonna have to be able to do that against a team that a lot of people and and rightly so think that have the they're gonna have the edge over you and it comes down to the experience factor it comes down to having been there before and until you prove otherwise, you're going to be looked at as just not being able to get over that hump. So if they're going to get think, over that hump, they're they're going to have to do it themselves. I think our teams have so much similarities and something else that ties our teams together. And we've actually got to interview him, Chris Dingman, um, mm-hmm. who is one of Stanley Cup with both of our teams. Um, so it's I've been waiting to see who he's predicting in this um, because when we talked to him, he he was he was very well on both teams wanted both teams to get here so now i'd love to see who he wants to see win i know uh, i think we figured out next year is going to be the anniversary of his cup here in tampa um and we wanted to start a little movement to get him to come back or following year and so um what about dingman for you guys is, is he a national treasure there like he is here uh, I mean, I that, everybody that was on the, a Stanley Cup winning team is, but there's the the main guys were the Sackicks, the Forsbergs, um, uh, the Lemuse, especially because yeah, Lemuse was kind of the first piece that that brought us a little bit of notoriety yeah. after was, they moved. He was your maroon kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and just being being those I mean, guys, a way better um, player, but like that he brought that mojo to you guys. I oh. Feel. You guys have the intangibles on Tampa, like that Kalorn line, the, when it's Kalorn maroon and whoever else they put out there, like Palat, it's, it's a little bit different and people learn that the hard way. Um, no, I think the, I, I was thinking you were going to say Cal foot because we were talking about how Adam foot is moving back to Colorado and he was on, um, I think in the Western conference finals for the TNT broadcast. And then they talk about his son playing defensive mm-hmm. for the lightning. It's like, 
I know that he's your kid. I know that he's he's blood, but come on, you want a cup here. And he, it was he's pretty nice. Benched. He was yeah. benched last series. So. Yeah, as soon as they went back to 12 and 6, he was the odd man yeah. out defensively. But that's that's not long. I mean, that kid's playing fantastic hockey when he had to be on the ice for this team. He was great when Ruta was injured. We call him Rutu, actually, on our show to make fun of um, the NBC uh, sports broadcasting. They always called him Rutu, so we, we are relentless on that. But when Ruta was injured, he played really good minutes for this team early on, especially in uh, that Toronto series. So he's definitely the future of our blue line. So you're absolutely right. That's another kind of player that ties our two franchises together. So... Um, but yeah, man, I just wanted to say thanks for inviting us on and having us come on, man. My folks live in Aurora. Like I said, my awesome. aunt lives out there too. My aunt's the uh, director for Cherry Creek Schools Transportation uh, Department. Like my family's deep in uh, roots in Denver for sure, cool. man. I'm out there yeah. at least once a year. I was at Red Rocks last year to see 311 for my like my Mecca trip. Um, so yeah, like it's it's a it's a pure joy for me to see this. Uh, this matchup finally happened and i you know I'm, I'm saying five just because of the analytics of it i want a seven game series i want it to go to the end i'm and i know but hey i don't think my heart can handle it i'm getting old yep. i don't think i can handle that kind of stress but i'm I too also, sad to handle yeah, that yeah man <laughs> but uh but yeah like like i said it's it's a pleasure to be on your show and it's a pleasure to be playing your team finally a team i feel caliber out of the western conference worthy of trying to win the Stanley Cup. It's been a while. I mean, St. Louis was a good team and they I think they deserved it, but like you guys definitely deserve this opportunity and I'm excited to see what happens over this uh upcoming series, man. Starts tomorrow night. Uh, if you if you didn't piss off the fans, you did now because you said the buzzword in the in the blue 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 uh -oh. notes. But uh, uh oh <laughs> sorry guys. No, I I appreciate you guys coming well, on. you're gonna be man. super happy when Patty Maroon comes back then, right? <laughs> Mr. No, Mr. 14. 14 series in a row, Mr. Maroon. Uh, it's okay. He actually came out on the Pat McAfee show and said he hates Stan Kroenke too because he moved the Rams from St. Louis to Los Angeles. So I, I have yeah. – it sucks. I have a soft spot in my heart for Pat Maroon now, and I have to deal with that. Listen, so do we. So do we. And same with Corey Perry, you know. Um, like I said, I run – I started this Facebook group, and when there was the rumors that Corey Perry was coming here – I mean, we, we all saw it and we were, and people were like, no, anywhere but here, you know, uh, he's, he's like Marchand. He's like, Oh, I um, hated him too. He's, he's like Patrick Wong pushed the glass over on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so, and then yeah. Perry becomes a Tampa Bay lightning and all of a sudden he starts scoring and then it's scory Corey and oh my That's God, what a great pickup. And we love him. And uh, you know, it's, we have guys here that we love to hate, but now we just love to love. And Corey Perry, Pat Maroon love is two, two of those players. Ryan McDonough, when he was captain for the Rangers, someone we didn't like. Yeah. Now, yep. And now we benefited from it, them. And then just other players that have came and gone through this system. Um, what, but the fact that um, Julian Breesball and Cooper have been able to just replace and replenish and still not hurt that locker room as we tend to think might happen with the loss of, you know, we lost the whole third line of Goudreau, Coleman, and Gord. Yanni Gord. The only one that did make the playoffs was Yanni Gord, and that's because it was Seattle. I mean, you look at the other two, they were both in the playoffs and expected to do pretty good. Goudreau, you know, 
was in the last series against us. So Coleman it, got screwed by the referees. Right. I mean, that, was, that, was, that was a goal. Sorry. That series ends in six if, if it counts. Not, hey, I'm not saying that, that, that it's a different outcome. I'm just saying, come yeah. on, people talk shit about the refereeing in our, in our series. There was some really questionable refereeing in the Western Conference series early on. That's all I've been. That's all I've been hearing is, is whining about the referees between Edmonton and St. Louis. That's that's yeah. basically the the song of my people for the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, so, Stash, I appreciate yeah. you coming on as well. It's been a, a ton of fun having you guys all. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully you guys take it easy on me later on tonight as people are listening to this when I'm on after a game one. Hopefully, it's a good game and I'm not too upset about how. Uh, the Avalanche look in their Stanley Cup playoff reemergence or Stanley, excuse me, Stanley Cup final reemergence. Uh, but be sure follow these guys at We the Thunder on Twitter. Uh, check out their shows after every single postseason game for the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, every week uh, elsewhere. All things Bolts. If you're a fan of, of Tampa Bay moving out there, any any kind of thing, going on vacation because you know why not? It's, it's Florida. It's hot. There's there's nice weather. Uh, be sure to check check out those guys and uh, be sure to follow them wherever you can. And we uh, really appreciate you guys coming on and, and it was great, great chatting with you. And hopefully uh, we see you uh, on, on the other side of this thing in, in one piece and, and whole and, and coming off of a, a great playoff series, but it was great to have you guys on and, and we'll see uh, everybody on, on Friday for our, our follow-up episode um, at the end of the week. So this has been Go far balls. into the bench. Oh, there you go. Uh, Far in the Bench podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys uh, next time. This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a final thing. When the night is cold and lonely. This is a dollar bill was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it to heaven. Towing them pistols and serving them at